0: Welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We welcome our church family and also our visiting friends. Thank you for coming to worship with us. To find out more about Greensburg Baptist Church, our upcoming events, and other church activities, visit our website anytime at greensburgbaptist.com. Once again, welcome to Greensburg Baptist Church. We are so glad that you are here this morning. I want to say a special welcome to any first-time guests that we do have with us this morning. On your way out of the building this morning, Ms. Camilla Edwards will be standing there with gift bags, and if you are visiting with us for the first time, we want to place a gift bag in your hand on your way out. So if you'll just identify yourself to Miss Camilla, she will fix you right up. Also, I want to say a special welcome to all of those who are joining us by radio this morning, or by any form of technology. We are so thankful that you are also a part of our congregation this morning. And this morning, as the broadcast ends, you will either hear or see instructions on how to reach out to us if you have questions of a spiritual nature. And we... we Actually would love for you to do that. We would welcome the opportunity to talk with you. This morning, I'm going to be in Colossians chapter 2 verses 1 through 10. And the title of my message this morning is Don't Be Taken Captive. Now, many of you will remember a few months ago, I did a sermon series. It was a three-part series called Invisible God. And it was based on Colossians chapter 1 and just a few verses of that. And about the time that I was finishing the last sermon of that, the Lord spoke to me one day as I was working on that and said, we're not finished with Colossians yet. But I want to let you know, this, this particular sermon really is not a part of the Invisible God sermon series. However, a lot of the background information that I shared with you as we preach through that series still applies. And I want to just remind you of that this morning so we all start on the same page. First of all, Paul wrote the book of Colossians from prison. He wrote it from prison. And he wrote that letter to a group of people that he had never met before. And the main reason that he wrote that letter is that he knew that those people were being subjected to false teaching. And he knew that that false teaching undermined the supremacy and the sufficiency of Jesus Christ. And you know, as Paul was sitting there in that prison cell, I want to remind you that although he was physically captive, he chose not to be emotionally Taken captive. He could have sat there and become a victim of his circumstances. He could have easily done that, but he chose not to. Instead, he chose to write this letter to people who he had never met before, and we are still talking about it today. So I wonder this morning, just as we begin, I want to ask you a question. Do you ever allow yourself to be taken captive? Do you ever allow yourself to be taken captive? Because, you know, when we do that, when we find ourselves in a situation that's less than than desirable, when we find ourselves in a situation that we would have never, ever signed up for, at that moment, we've got a choice to make. We can either become a victim of our circumstances, or we can choose to honor God through that storm. And we can say, I am not going to be taken captive. I will not be taken captive. And I want to encourage you this morning, when you find yourself in one of those situations, refuse to be taken captive by your situation. Alright, right, as I said before, I'm going to be in Colossians chapter 2, verses 1 through 10. And if you've got your copy of God's Word with you, I want to invite you to read along with us. If you don't, I'm going to put it up on the screen for you, and you can follow along there. And just as with the Invisible God sermon series, I'm going to be preaching from the CSB version of the Bible this morning. And I want to ask you, as I always do, if you are physically able to stand, would you stand with me right now to honor the reading of God's Word? Verse one, Paul says, for I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you, for those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me in person. I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love so that they may have all the riches of complete understanding and have the knowledge of God's mystery, Christ. In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom And knowledge. Verse four. I am saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. For I may be absent in body, but I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith, just as you were taught, and overflowing with gratitude. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than Christ. Verse 9, for the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ, and you have been filled by him, who is the head over every ruler and authority. You may be seated. Now, as we begin this morning, I want to be sure that we understand some things. There are just some things in this text this morning that we cannot leave here and not understand. The first thing that I want to be sure that we do not miss is the fact that Paul is concerned Paul has a deep concern as we read these ten verses. So what is it? Let's drill down into the text. It says, first of all, for I want you to know how greatly I am struggling for you. For those in Laodicea and for all who have not seen me in person. And I want to stop right there for just a moment. Many of you have heard me say before that I am convinced that until we get to the point where we are just as concerned with the people who we've never met, with those people who we have no idea who we are, who they are, until we get to that point that we are burdened for where they are going to spend their eternity, we're not likely to see revival, folks. We are not likely to ever see revival. I'm not talking about just at this church. I'm talking about on on every church that has people in it that call themselves Christians. Until we get to the point where we are just as burdened for that stranger as we are our closest family member, I don't think we're going to see revival. I wonder, when's the last time that I have truly carried a burden like that? When is it? When is the last time that I have lost sleep because of where a stranger is going to spend their eternity? What about you? When's the last time you've lost sleep about where a stranger is going to spend eternity? When's the last time that you've lost sleep about where a family member is going to spend their eternity? When's the last time that we've lost sleep about where we are going to spend our eternity? So many times we say we're burdened, but so many times I wonder if we truly are carrying a burden. And if we are, is it a burden equivalent to that one that Paul carried? Verse 2, he says, I want their hearts to be encouraged and joined together in love. And why is that? So that they may have all the riches of complete understanding And have the knowledge of God's mystery. And he doesn't leave us hanging right there. He tells us exactly what that is. Who that is. It is Christ. It is Christ. I wonder this morning, do you know him today? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Are you certain that you know him as your Lord and Savior? Paul goes on to say, In him are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. You know, so many times we spend so much energy to acquire wisdom, to acquire knowledge. And all that can be very good. But realize that we can have a personal relationship with the one who knows all things, who has all wisdom and has all knowledge. And again, I wonder, do you know him today? And then Paul says in verse 4, this is where we get to the reason that he's really saying all this. I am saying this so that no one will deceive you with arguments that sound reasonable. Now folks, I don't, I don't know if you've stopped to realize it or not, but we've got a problem in America today. People who call themselves Christians, have basically tried to rewrite Christianity based on what sounds reasonable. We've got to the point today that a lot of people are not comfortable talking about sin. We're we're really comfortable in talking about God's love and how He will forgive us. But we don't want to talk anything at all about sin. And sometimes people are really disturbed when somebody like me speaks out against sin. I want to tell you, if you have ever found yourself in a position like that, be careful. Be careful. Sin is sin. If the Bible says it's sin, if the Bible says it's wrong, it is. It always has been. It always will be. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who tells you it's right. It doesn't matter how people might try to rationalize that away. Remember, we had been deceived from the beginning by arguments that sound reasonable. Think back to the Garden of Eden with the dialogue between Eve and the serpent. Remember, that serpent presented an argument to Eve. It sounded really reasonable. Did God really say? Did God really say that? And based on that dialogue, based on that argument that sounded reasonable, humanity for all time has been impacted. Your life and my life has been impacted regarding based on that one argument that sounded reasonable. Don't think that the decisions you make don't have consequences. Don't think that. Do not be deceived by an argument that sounds reasonable. When we are talking specifically about false teaching, I know, I think it was in last week's sermon, Brother Blake referenced when we were in Zimbabwe and how the prosperity gospel is so dominant there. And it is. Until your eyes see that, it is hard to even realize how bad it is there. Those people in the overall scheme of things have nothing, but they're willing to give what they do have for the hope that they might be well. Or the hope that their loved one might be well. You see, even the ones of them that can get medical care, they usually can't pay for it. And if they can have access to medical care, they probably cannot afford their medication. So when they hear somebody who says they are a man of God, say, if you will just simply send me your money, your loved one will be healed. They send them what they have. And it's a horrible, horrible thing. And, folks, I'm going to tell you, not too far from here, in this same county, I know of at least one instance where false teaching is occurring. And if you're not aware of that, you need to be getting busy doing your homework because you do not want to be deceived. You do not want to be deceived by an argument that sounds reasonable. Let's look at what God's Word tells us about false teaching. Romans 16, verses 17 and 18. Now I urge you, brothers and sisters, to watch out for those who create divisions and obstacles contrary to the teaching that you learn. Avoid them, because such people do not serve our Lord Christ, but their own appetites. They deceive the hearts of the unsuspecting, with smooth talk and flattering words. In other words, with arguments that sound reasonable. Look at Second Timothy verses, uh, chapter 4, verses 3 through 4. For the time will come when people will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear what they want to hear. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. I'm going to tell you, in a large percentage of the time, this, this is not something we're waiting for right here. It's here. That time has come. That time has come. I want to encourage you to stand strong this morning. Now, when we look at these 10 verses this morning, obviously it has some application to the Colossians. That's who Paul was reading it, was writing it to. But I want us to leave here this morning realizing that these 10 verses also have direct application to us today. So I want to talk about that for just a few minutes. Now, when we look at this, We've got to realize that the bad news is that the believers were under attack. That's the bad news this morning. The believers were under attack. I wonder, do you ever find yourself under attack? Do you find yourself under attack? If you do not find yourself at times in a battle with the enemy, you need to be careful. You need to check your spiritual pulse. The enemy in general messes with people who he sees is growing in their relationship with Christ. So if you never experience a spiritual attack, check your spiritual pulse to be sure if you have one. The good news is that they were standing strong. And I want you to know this morning, that's the good news for us too, because we can, in fact, stand strong in the midst of an attack. If we choose to. Does that mean it will be easy? Absolutely not. Most of the time there is nothing fun about a spiritual attack. Even when you realize that's exactly what you're going through. Most of the time there's nothing fun about that. But the good news is just like it was for that group of people. We can in fact stand strong in the midst of a spiritual attack. I want us to look at James chapter 4 verses 6 through 7. We see, but he, talking about Christ, gives greater grace. Therefore, he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Again, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Verse 7, therefore submit to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. How many times over your lifetime have you, have you heard somebody quote, James first, uh, James chapter 4, verse 7, as if only the B part were there. Resist the devil and he'll flee from you. That is the way that verse is most often quoted. Resist the devil and he will flee from you because that's what we want to happen. That's exactly what we want to happen. But look at what the first part of that verse says. Therefore, submit to God. And I'm going to tell you this morning, if you are not willing to do that, you cannot claim the last part of that verse. If you are not willing to submit your life to God totally, you cannot claim the second part of that verse. If you submit yourself to God, then you can resist the devil, and then you can watch him flee, but not until, not until we are ready to submit ourselves to God. I wonder, have you done it today? Verses five through seven, Paul tells us in our text, for I may be absent in body, but I'm with you in spirit, rejoicing to see how well ordered you are and the strength of your faith in Christ. I want to ask you this morning, how strong would you say your faith in Christ is? Do you find that your faith in Christ differs in times of good times versus times of bad times? You know, our faith should be just as strong in Christ on those days when we don't understand one thing that's happening in our lifetime. Our faith should be just as strong then as it is on our best day. But so often it's not. So often when we find things that we are going through we don't understand, it's almost like we lose faith altogether And that is not what we should be doing. Look at verse 6. So then, just as you have received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live in Him, being rooted and built up in Him and established in the faith. Now, I want to ask you this morning, how do we become rooted in Him? How do we become built up in Him? It occurs through a relationship with Him. It occurs through spending time with Him. I wonder how much quality time do we actually spend with Christ. Now folks, quality time is not two or three minutes a day. It's not. Quality time is not two or three minutes a day. Quality time in the Word is not just simply opening up our Bible to where it falls and reading one or two verses. That is not quality Bible study. It's not, now that's better than nothing. But we cannot say we've observed a quiet time if we're only observing two or three minutes a day. What if we only, what would happen if we only talked to our spouse for two or three minutes a day on an ongoing basis? What would happen? Our relationship's gonna suffer. Your relationship with Christ will suffer if you are not spending time with Him. You will find that you are not rooted and you will find out that you are not built up with Him unless you are willing to invest the time in communicating with Him and investing that, investing that time in your relationship. And then I want to talk just a minute about this phrase in this verse, just as you were taught. Just as you were taught. And I want to talk specifically to the parents right now that still have children in your home. And if that, if that, if you meet that criteria, listen up and listen closely right now. I want you to know that you have got an awesome responsibility to train your children in the ways of the Lord. And I wonder, are you doing that? Are you doing that? One of my friends, I heard him say just a few days ago that in general, What our children see from us in moderation. For instance, what parents do in moderation, most of the time, children will do in excess. What parents do in moderation, most of the time, children will do in excess. And I want to just make it really clear the application that I'm talking about here. If your children occasionally hear you bad la- use bad language, guess what? Most of the time, when they grow up, their language is going to be completely full of bad language. Because they observed you occasionally using bad language. Husbands, if your children observed you being unkind to your spouse and not... Laying down your life for your spouse like Christ did for the church. Your sons are going to grow up and think that's not a big deal at all. They're going to think it's not a big deal at all. Parents, if your children never observe you praying, they're going to grow up and think that's not important at all. They will, they will come out of a situation where they occasionally see parents pray and go into a marriage where they never pray. Or rarely ever pray. Your children need to hear you pray. It doesn't just need to be once in a blue moon. It needs to be daily. They need to hear you pray. They need to see and experience you pointing them directly toward Christ and the cross. So don't take this just as you were taught phrase in this verse lightly. It is very, very important. And then we should overflow with gratitude. So how do we recognize false teaching? How do we do that? It's very important. Really, this entire ten verses, the motivation behind Paul writing this is that he was writing it to the people that he knew were enduring false teaching. Well, first of all, we need to know when false teaching attacks, it usually attacks on two fronts. Number one, the person of Jesus Christ. You're going to hear arguments like, do you really believe that Jesus was who he said he was? Do you really think that he was fully man and fully God? Do you really think that he was without sin? Do you really think that he loved you so much that he went to the cross and died for you? Do you really believe that he died and he was buried and he rose again and that he lives today? Yes, we believe that. But people who practice false teaching, they are going to attack the person of Jesus Christ. And then they will also attack the believer's identity in Him. Look at verses 8 through 10. Be careful that no one takes you captive through philosophy and empty deceit, based on human tradition, based on the elements of the world, rather than Christ. You know, a lot of times we get all wound up about human tradition. Whether we're talking about church, whether we're talking about our family lives, we, in general, we're creatures of habit. Our tendency is we do things this way because we've always done them that way. Let's always be willing to look at things with an open mind. Maybe in certain situations we've always done things wrong. I will tell you, I don't know of situations like that within this church, but I will tell you, if we ever were to find something that that contradicts the Word of God, we need to be willing to change it. We need to be willing to change it. Again, I don't know of anything like that that exists right now. But I pray that we never see the day where we are not willing to look at God's Word and what it says versus the argument being we've always done it that way. We have always done it that way. Verse 9, for the entire fullness of God's nature dwells bodily in Christ and you have been filled by him who is the head over every ruler and authority. And so I, I want to ask you this morning as we sort of prepare to close, have you been filled by him? Have you been truly filled by him? Has he transformed Your life. Many of you have heard me say before, I am convinced that there are certain people who want just enough of Jesus to guarantee that they're going to have a spot in heaven. But they don't want the transformation. They do not want a transformation to occur in their life. And I pray that I'm not describing any of you right now. But if I am... Hear me loud and clear. There's a problem. There's a problem. I routinely have conversations with people on the telephone. And they represent to me people that are not here this morning, people that are not attached to this church, or any church for that matter. I will ask them, tell me about your relationship with Christ. Do you know Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Everything's fine between me and Jesus. He's my Lord and Savior. I don't know what I'd do without Him tell me where you go to church. Oh, I don't go to church anywhere. That's not important. I don't have to be in church. Now, folks, if there is not some reason that you have a physical limitation that you cannot be in church, you need to be in church. Period. You need to be in church. And if you're not willing to come to church, something is wrong. Something is wrong. I I think I I gave an analogy back a few months ago when I was preaching. You know, I'm a married man. I don't have to technically go home to be married, to remain married. But it's sure a good idea if I do. It really is. It's a good idea for a married person to go home. It's a good idea for a Christian to come to church. It really is. But again, there are so many people who do not desire transformation. They want just enough of Jesus to somehow get them to heaven, but they don't want to change their ways And about two weeks ago, I heard a poem. That I mean, it just rocked my world. It got my attention. And I want to close with this today. And I want you to listen closely to me as I read this. It's not going to be on the screen, so I need you to listen to me. Here's how the poem reads. I would like three dollars of God, please. Not enough to explode my soul or to disturb my sleep, but just enough of him to equal a cup of warm milk or a snooze in the sunshine. I don't want enough of him to make me love my political enemies or to make me open my home to a stranger. I want ecstasy, not a transformation. I want the warmth of the womb, not a new birth. I want a pound of the eternal in a paper sack, please. I would like just three dollars of God, please. And you know, I am certain if Paul were talking to that person, he would say, I'm sorry, but we do not sell that here. And I want you to hear me loud and clear this morning. Neither do we. Neither do we. We preach and teach the Bible here. We preach that you should desire a relationship with Jesus and that you should desire Him to transform your life. I pray that that's happened in your lives. If it hasn't, the good news is it can today. It can happen today. Maybe there's some people here that have never reached the point of asking Jesus to be your Lord and Savior. There would not be a finer day for you to do that than today. Don't think you can do it later. Don't think you can put it off till tomorrow. You might not live that long. Perhaps there's other people here this morning that you realize you have allowed yourself to be taken captive by your circumstances. Maybe today's the day you need to say, no more, no more. I will not allow the enemy to rule over me like that again. Regardless of my circumstances, whether it's times of plenty or times of need, I will serve the Lord. Maybe you just need to make that commitment today. Maybe there are people here today that you realize that God's calling you to unite with this church. If that's the case, I encourage you to come forward. Brother Blake and I would love to talk to you and tell you more about Greensburg Baptist Church and to welcome you into the church family. But um, as Brother Corey comes uh, to lead our uh, invitation hymn, I want to invite you to pray with me. And I also want to ask you, if, if the Lord's knocking on your heart right now, if you need to come forward, don't wait until I finish praying. Just come on. We would love to pray with you. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the day that you've given us and for all your many blessings. Father, thank you for the truth that we do not have to be taken captive. Father, thank you for providing the ultimate sacrifice through your death on the cross. Father, I pray right now that you are working in the hearts and lives of people. I pray specifically for people who do not know you as their Lord and Savior. Father, I pray that this will be the day that they make the most important decision of their lives. Father, I also pray for other people that need to make decisions this morning, whether that's simply acknowledging publicly, I refuse to be taken captive any longer by the enemy or no matter what the decision is, Father, You know what the decisions are that need to be made. And Father, I pray that they will be made this morning. Father, I pray that we will see surrender inside the sanctuary this morning, and I pray that we will see salvation as well. Father, for all that You will do, we'll give You the praise, honor, and glory for it all. And it's in Your name I pray. Amen. Would you stand, please, as we sing? This is Todd Young with Greensburg Baptist Church. Thank you for joining us today. If you've accepted Christ during today's podcast, we would love to hear from you and connect you with a home church in your area. Or if you have questions regarding a relationship with Christ, Brother Blake and I would love to speak with you. Please contact us at the church office at 270-932-4495 or connect with us through our website at greensburgbaptist.com. In addition, you may visit our website anytime to access the sermon videos and podcast of any recent sermon. You may also subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes store. Have a great day today.